The NetBank Business Accelerator has been guiding entrepreneurs to build future-proof businesses beyond climate change, beyond the technology curve, beyond external forces. Thank you for joining me, Pablo Fatidis. We're going to be talking to a series of Rockstar entrepreneurs, certainly because of the results they've driven that we featured before on Business Accelerators over the years. We've got a deep, deep archive. Some of these businesses have done exceptionally well. Specifically, we're going to be looking at how to scale a business and the challenges that it poses. When building a tech platform, especially, you start and often as you gain traction into the marketplace, you have to break and rebuild a number of times. With me, I have Alan Berger, co-founder of InfoSlips. It's a business that used to turn paper slips such as bills and pay slips, newsletters and receipts, and many more other customer engagement documents into live digital dynamic screens eliciting engagement and data in return. Alan, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, Pablo, for having me. Since we last spoke, Alan, how have things gone? How big are we today compared to where we were, let's say, six, seven years ago when we first engaged? Um, interesting enough, um, I would say we've only grown about, I think we started with about 10 staff and we've only grown to about 30 staff, but the nature of our product means that uh, we have now many partners around the world selling and implementing our products, doing the heavy lifting, so to speak. And then we have over 3,000 corporate customers using our product and deploying somewhere between 10 and, and 100 million info slips uh, a month. Did you say 10 to yeah, 100 million info slips yeah, a month? Correct. I remember when I spoke to you, you were sitting at around yeah. 3,000 a month. It was a much lower figure, yeah. Is that only across in South Africa or have you breached into other territories as well? No, the, the, the real volume is coming from the USA market at the moment just because of even the, the medium-sized businesses have got much bigger volumes than some of our biggest businesses locally in South Africa. Okay, so when you started the business and you started with an idea and you built the original, let's call it, tech-enabled platform, compared to where you were then, what you have now, have there been fundamental changes to the tech platform itself in order to cope with robustness, in order to cope with different legislations that you've had to adapt to as you move from sector to sector and country to country? Yeah, for sure. We've had to completely re-engineer our solution. You know, we kind of built the original solution over 10 years ago on a, on a bit of a budget and the technology was a much older technology stack at that stage. And as we tried to go um, into different markets, we found that people didn't want to send data to South Africa, that uh, we had problems scaling the software, that we, you know, just couldn't service the international market uh, well and we couldn't even meet the local demand uh, in terms of local growth. So we completely re-architected our solution for from the ground up, it fundamentally produces the same type of documents. It just does it in a way that is much more efficient, much more scalable, and much more manageable, and allows not only us to do it properly, most importantly, but allows our partners out there around the world to actually take our software and do the implementations and do everything themselves. And that's probably one of the best ways that the tech platform has allowed us to scale into the business side of things, because partners out there, channel partners, channel resellers of our solution can really go find the customer, sell to the customer, and most importantly, using our tech platform implement. I would imagine, Alan, when you got that first partner, that first channel partner out in the US, did they turn around and look carefully at the technology itself? Did they want to corroborate and confirm that it was robust, that they would be able to sell it responsibly, reliably, without ruining the reputations for non-delivery? Did they give you a good tech, let's call it due diligence and audit, before they engaged with you? 
Yes, and in fact, we kind of had a false start because we kind of originally took our original platform thinking that, you know, it would work and uh, I went and uh, what I call paid my school fees and learned some lessons, you know, in the U.S. by finding out that our original platform just wasn't going to cut it and no matter how we dressed it up or what we did with it, it wouldn't work. So um, that was the fundamental drive to actually create a platform, a new platform that is cloud-based, that can scale, that's a platform as opposed to a product that's compliant in terms of security and all compliance regulations and privacy being such a big concern these days that, that, that you can check all those boxes effortlessly with a, with a client. So yes, we did go through a very detailed due diligence with them, but uh, it's the fact that we've carried on and, and that they're selling our product and are super excited about it um, speaks for itself. Alan, how did you cope with your partners and tech development team? Because you kept on going into the marketplace, understanding what the need is in order to get to the next level in terms of volume, in terms of new customer segments, in terms of new slips that needed to be developed. You kept on going back into the marketplace, coming back and saying, hey, guys, in order for us to get to the next level, this is what we need to do. And I would imagine, were there a lot of sacred cows? Did people want to hold on to certain things that they developed themselves? Was there funding in order to support and back the redevelopment of the platform each time? Yeah, you were dead right. There, there was people who were holding on to what they had. There's always you know, certain when people are comfortable with something, they wanted to be the status quo. But market pressures, the big carrot of, of being abroad and selling our product abroad, plus probably the infusion of a whole lot of new staff. We actually brought in, we didn't get rid of anybody, but we brought in additional new staff that didn't have the history with them, didn't have the jading and, and, and whatever they had of the current situation. And we used that plus the big carrot, et cetera, to create a new team and to develop a new solution. And then over time, as it became more mature, we then brought in the, the, the old school, if you want to call it, into that and got the company onto one. So we actually had to fundamentally nearly kind of half off a piece of the company to do it. Yeah. I would imagine that's quite an interesting challenge because as the tide rises and the business rises with it, did all the boats in your team rise alongside with it or did you have to have some tough conversations? And if so, how did you lead that change and get people psychologically prepared to take the next big step and make the next big investment? The interesting thing was that the two platforms ran side by side for a while. You couldn't just turn off the one and turn on the other. So people kind of found their natural fit. Some people gravitated to the new stuff, wanted a new challenge. And, and you know, and you talk to developers and technical guys, they, there's a, most of them really want to do something new. Um, they sometimes need to be given a little nudge, but generally that's what they like is new stuff. So it was most people moved very easily across um, once they saw it going and they saw it was, it was really and, and the potential of doing something new. There were some that stayed with the old platform and carried on supporting it and converting it, and we actually needed both roles, so it never really became such an issue for us. And over time, you had this natural attrition and you know, everybody's now in the new system. You're doing between 10 to 100 million, depending on the time of the year, yeah. slips at the moment yeah. a month. For yeah. you to get to a billion, what does it mean for redeveloping the platform again? Does it... Obviously, it's going to take an additional investment, but is it going to require a complete rebuild or what is the tech part that you're facing in the next three years and where will that get you to? Um, I think that when we rebuilt the platform, we had the luxury of really using best practices and looking at how we built the system using principles that allows it to scale very easily. So will there be modifications? Uh, I think there will be. Will there be a complete redevelopment? We don't believe so at this point. Um, there will obviously be some changes, but we sit in such a situation now with the cloud providers and where the software is hosted and the way the system is architected and created that the system can just scale on demand. And if we hit any bottlenecks as we scale, we'll look at those bottlenecks and maybe just redevelop that section or look at a new approach for that section if, it, if it's required. But we're very confident that moment that we have built a really solid uh, foundation for the product with, with the Gen 2 product. Yeah. Alan, one last question. 
reflecting okay. back over the last four or five years, what's yeah. the one piece of advice, hopefully, that came from a mistake that was made, that upon reflection, upon insight, upon looking back, that you could give us, the listeners out there, that we could take in order to avoid that particular mistake in building a business from one level to the next, specifically around the tech platform? I think it's to start with the business and work backwards. You have to start with, with, with what, the, what, 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 what the market needs and work that backwards into the tech. And you'll always find the tech and the technology to support that, as opposed to starting with the technology play. I think it's much harder, it's much easier to solve to, to go to market with a business solution as it is to go with the technology play. The technology is important, you need the platform to support it, but always start with the business and that will always drive the direction of the, the company and what you do. Thank you very much, Alan. And there you have it. Here is a great example of breaking and rebuilding in order to get to the next level from our Business Accelerator alumni and archive. Don't be afraid to rebuild. Building a business is a journey. It's not a destination. And in an ever-changing world, change with it or become the next Kodak. I'm Pablo Fatidis. Thank you for listening. Business Beyond, brought to you by NetBank. See money differently.